TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. It's The Scoop with Darren Dookie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. And away we go on this Friday afternoon, the 10th of July, the year 2020. This is Scoop Podcast episode... 305. I figured I'd make it a two-podcast week in the event you're heading up to the cabin later today, just out and about. Figured, hey, I'll give you some, hopefully, some enjoyable weekend listening. I'll make this mostly a conversation podcast, but I'll give you a couple notes here early. The Wolves earlier this week hosted Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry plus the Minneapolis Police Chief On a Zoom call. So it was the players, it was the coaches, it was the front office staff. It was a lively conversation, a productive conversation, I am told, on the racism issues here in Minneapolis, the social injustice issues. Just It was a heavy, heavy conversation, but a worthy conversation. I'm told it was a good conversation that the Minneapolis police chief plus Mayor Fry had with the Wolves on Wednesday. Also on the Wolves front, there are reports from overseas that the Wolves are heavily interested in one of the best overseas players. His name, he's a point guard. He's got a little J.J. Barea to him. Facundo Campazzo. He is from Argentina. He's played on a number of Argentina national teams. In fact, at one point in 2012, now he's only 29 or 30 years old. He played as like a 20 or 21 year old in 2012. He was teammates with current Wolves assistant Pablo Prigioni. So as long as Pablo Prigioni is working for the Wolves, yeah, he's going to be on the Wolves radar. But there are some hurdles. Campazzo has a very healthy buyout from his team overseas, so no guarantees that he even plays in the NBA next season. Plus, the Wolves are in no rush. They want to see what takes place in late August. Where do they land in the lottery? Plus, could they draft a point guard, whether that's LaMelo Ball, Killian Hayes, somebody else? So they are in no rush to make any sort of move right this second, but it is safe to say that Facundo Campazzo is on the Wolves' radar, but I wouldn't advance it much beyond that at this point here in early July. Let's see what takes place over the course of the next handful of months, specifically at the point guard position. All right, we will get to conversations with Wolves point guard. Speaking of point guards, Jordan McLaughlin in just a bit, plus top twins prospect Alex Kirloff. But let me begin with my recent conversation with Wolves forward Jake Lehman. I connected with him and his trainer Reed Osi in a gym in Eden Prairie a couple Fridays ago. It was before this idea of this 18 bubble in Chicago was presented, which I still don't think is actually going to happen in September. So I did not ask him about any possibility of an 18 bubble, but everything else is plenty applicable to right now, even though this conversation is from two weeks ago today. Here's my recent conversation with Wolves forward, Jake Lehman. Jake, let's start with just everything going on in this country, specifically here in town. You've chosen to be outspoken. You're using your platform. How, just when when thinking about doing that, how important was it for you to use your platform to reach a lot of people? Uh, I, mean, I mean, to me, it was, it was very important. Uh, I mean, I've never, um, l- looking back, you know, I've never re- really spoken up on stuff like this, which I I've, I, I, I regret not, not doing that. Um, but, you know, being in Minnesota now with um, the murder of George Floyd, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 10 minutes away from where it happened. 
Um, so, you know, it, it, def it definitely pushed me to, to, to really learn more, number one, um, educate myself on, on, on more stuff going on that I, I didn't really know about. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm able to talk about it and speak about it. And I mean, so you're all about enacting change. I mean, what more, I guess for all of us, not just you, but all of us, what advice would you give for us to, to continue to enact change, whether it's having those meaningful conversations, whether it's donating time, donating money. I mean, what are some ideas you have when it comes to enacting change? Yeah, I mean, I mean to me, doing anything is doing something. Um, so, you know, signing petitions, you know, making, making the phone calls to the, 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 op, the different offices um, about the different injustices, you know, the, the, the Breonna Taylor case, making, making calls for that, signing those petitions, um, because that, that case still has a long way to go. Um, so I, I think just anything you do is something to me. Um, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you're given, how much you're doing, as long as you're doing something. Because to, to, to me, doing nothing is, 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 is not good enough. When we talk about social injustice, then we think about coronavirus. Like, I think about all that's changed, just like think about in your life over the last year, right? Like in the last year, married, sign a long-term contract to come here to Minnesota. You know, the injury, missing all those games. So an atypical season, season shut down. You know, then everything going on off the court. Like, just how crazy has the last year been? Um, it's been crazy. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm definitely here for, for, for a reason. You know, I mean, I, I think I'm, 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 I'm here to, to be a part of this organization. You know, I think this, this organization has, has a, a duty, you know, with, with how much time we have right now before our next season to, to really dive into our community um, and, and try, try to affect as much change as possible. As you reflect upon your decision last summer to sign here long term, you certainly had options. You chose to be here. You know, looking back, best decision you could have made? Uh, I, I would say absolutely. Um, you know, I think with, with the changes they've made, um, you know, even, even before I got here, um, you know, and then obviously, obviously the, the season didn't, didn't really go as planned in the beginning. Um, they made some changes. You know, I, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still cool with all those guys that, that, that were here. Um, great guys. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm excited for what, for what we have next year. Um, you know, a, a lot of young talent, um, guys that are hungry um, and, and, and that just want to listen and, and want to win. How much did you see Ryan Saunders grow as a coach throughout the year? Um, a lot. You know, it's only, it's only, his, his, it's only his, his first full year. Um, so, you know, I, I think for him, you know, it was, it was definitely a learning experience as well. Um, you know, having his first full, full year and under his belt, well, not even a full year with, with the pandemic. Um, but yeah, you know, he, he's grown a lot. Um, you know, I, I, and to me, our relationship has grown um, th this year as well. And I mean, a learning year for you too, just overcoming a very serious injury? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for, for, for me, this year was uh, a bit of a disappointment, um, you know, because I, I was injured, didn't, didn't get to play much. Um, you know, it, it was tough to, to be away from the team, you know, not, not really feel as connected um, while, while being injured. Um, but, you know, it's just fueling me more for next season. I mean, you got off to a really good start, too. Like, I think about a November game, I think it was against Houston. But you had other, other moments, too. But, like, you got off to a really good start, and then, unfortunately, just the injury happened. Yeah, I think kind of right when I got injured is, is when I was starting to feel, feel, feel my, my best out there, um, which was unfortunate. Um, but, you know, everything happens for a reason. Um, you know, we, we are where we're at now, and I'm, I'm looking forward to next year. What are some points of emphasis as you continue to get in the gym all summer with Reed? What are some points of emphasis? Um, you know, I think shot consistency uh, for me is, is, was one of the biggest things going into next year. And, and just, you know, for, for, for building my career in general, you know, being more, a more consistent three-point shooter, um, that, that's definitely number one. 
um, ball handling, which Reed has done a great job with me with, um, you know, working on different in-game in moves has, has been huge. And when talking about in-game moves, how much have you had to adjust when, when D'Angelo came in? Um, you know, I, I look at myself as the kind of player that, that can adapt to whoever's, whoever's on, I'm, I'm on the court with. Um, so with, with D'Lo, it definitely kind of, I mean, I, I, I saw some stuff early on. You know, he's a great passer. I'm a great cutter. Um, you know, I, 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 there was a few times where he found me on some cuts. So I, I, think, I think that connection will just grow even more. When talking about position flexibility, like I think D'Lo, he can play on the ball, off the ball. Like, who knows? I mean, if you guys end up with a really high draft pick, maybe you draft a point guard, right? Because D'Angelo can play off the ball. But like thinking about you, like what sort of position flexibility do you have? Like, do you look at yourself as a three slash stretch four? Um, I would say so. Yeah, probably a three slash uh, stretch four. Um, you know, I'm, I'm able to guard to guard one through four as well. Um, so, you know, that, that defensive versatility is something that I'm still still working on. I, I think that this offseason is going to be a, a big uh, strength offseason for me, you know, getting stronger. How much stronger do you want to get? Um, just as strong as I can. I, I don't really have a, have a set goal for how, how strong I want to get, but I, I think just, just being in the weight room as much as possible. What's the balancing act of wanting to get time in with Reed and getting in this gym versus maybe getting in a workout at Mayo? Um, it's been pretty easy, you know. I'll, I'll just go go into Mayo early on in the morning, which I, I did this morning. Um, then I have my, my my little brother in town who's been working out with us as well. Um, so that that's been great to have him here wor working out with me too. How unique of a talent is Carl Anthony Towns? Um, I, say, I would say he's a very unique talent. Um, you know, his, his ability to, to shoot the three at, at that height um, is, is special. Um, you know, I, I think for him. To take his game to the next level, it's, it's, it's and for our whole team, um, it's, it's going to be on the uh, defensive end. You know, I, I think he can be a, a top five defender in, in, the, in the NBA for sure. I mean, that's right where you guys need to go to take that next step, right? When thinking about you being part of the core and Malik Beasley, restricted free agent, but likely is going to resign. D'Angelo, Carl, like I think about the core of you guys collectively. That's where you guys need to take that next step to to maybe be a top eight team in the Western Conference. Absolutely, you know, I, I think I think pe people can see already that that we have a lot of offensive talent. Um, you know, and even those those last games of the year, you know, we were we were scoring a lot of points, but we were also giving up a lot of points. Um, so I think de defense is going to be our main focus going into next year. And then I'll leave you after this on Malik. I mean, just another unique talent. I mean, he came in and it was it was guns a blazing. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I think once he got here, you know, I think he finally felt free to kind of just 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 play his game. Um, and I, I think people saw how, how how special he is. Wolves forward Jake Lehman. Before we segue to Wolves guard Jordan McLaughlin, was just checking. My email, I see that the Vikings, no surprise, right? Like, I don't think any fan out there thought that they would have access to training camp in Egan starting later this month, but it is official. The Vikings will not be hosting fans during training camp, but the hope is, the idea is that they'll stream practices on their platforms. Like, the Twins on Thursday night, they didn't do this Wednesday, but they did Thursday. They'll do it moving forward. They streamed their intra-squad scrimmage on Twitter and Facebook. So the Vikings will utilize their social media channels to bring you, the fan, some access to training camp. Although, who the heck knows what training camp will look like in terms of how many players will be on the field. Heck, what if there's an outbreak? Like, we don't know what the next handful of weeks will look like, but at least maybe that first day, those first few days, July 28th, July 29th, July 30th, we all hope that there's no sort of outbreak that they can continue to practice. 
there is a belief that the Vikings will make practices available through virtual platforms. Also on the Vikings front, Anthony Harris, the deadline to sign him to a contract extension is next Wednesday. Talks are starting to pick up. They really, I don't think, will pick up until maybe latter part of the weekend or early portion of next week. Traditionally, the Vikings really don't make their best offer until like 48 to 72 hours before. So we're still a little bit of time before that time. But at some point here, I do think the Vikings will make a pretty competitive offer. Then Anthony will have to make the decision. Do I take the long-term security or do I play out the year on the one-year franchise tag at about $11.4 million? Nothing new on the Dalvin Cook contract extension front. He is training hard with his trainer, in Fort Lauderdale, he's put some videos on his Instagram stories. He looks good. He looks great. But he's not budging. He still wants what he wants, and talks haven't picked up. But, you know, that deadline is more like the start of training camp. So we're still a good 18, 19 days away from when the Vikings really need to get down to the nitty-gritty on the Cook front. So Harris is more immediate. Cook later this month. We'll see if the Vikings can complete deals with one or both. All right, let's now get to Jordan McLaughlin, Wolves guard. I caught up with him on, what is today? Today is Friday. I caught up with him. Heck, all these days are still blending together. I caught up with him actually yesterday via Zoom. Here's my conversation with Jordan McLaughlin. Just take us through what you've been up to the last handful of weeks. I know that you made the transition from Southern California back here to Minnesota. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've just been working out when I'm back home at, in Cali with my trainer, Cameron Murray, and a prodigy program that I uh, grew up out of. And um, he's been done a great job of, you know, keeping everybody safe and uh, doing small workout groups there. So it's been well there. And then when I come back out here, um, I've been able to work out uh, with uh, at the uh, practice facility with the team. And uh, it's been going well. When you say with the team, I mean, there's still what the, the social distancing in play where, where you see some of your teammates, but technically you guys are not playing, you know, whether it's two on two, three and three, or are you guys able to do that now? Right, definitely. No, nah, we're uh we're still doing one-on-one stuff, so it'll be me and uh, a coach working out. Uh recently we've been able to add a second coach as a rebounder, so uh been able to get up a lot of shots and then, you know, uh like you said, we're passing by uh all our teammates that are there. Uh we're all spaced out at separate times. Like some people will be in the weight room and some will be on court. So, uh the Minnesota Timberwolves have done a great job of um following the guidelines. How often are you being tested? Uh, every day, <laughs> every day, as soon as we get there, uh, check our temperature, um, then we get the nose swab and we get a mouth swab and then um, we're able to go up to the practice court from there. I mean, is it just crazy? I mean, I suppose it's it's the new norm for us, but the fact that each time you go into that facility, a facility that going back to last year, going back to as recently as what, February, it was just, you know, it was it was normal, right? Like you walked in and you did your thing, but now you walk in temperature check, nose swab, mouth swab. Like how <laughs> tough has it been, Jordan, just to wrap your arms around this new norm? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely been crazy, but you know, the Timberwolves, like I said, have done a great job of uh, providing us a safe place to, you know, go in and get our workout in and stay in shape. And uh, it's tough, but you know, it's something you got to do and you got to, you know, learn how to adjust. And I think we're doing a great job in doing that. And we're going to continue that. What's it been like just, you know, the roller coaster of emotions? Like, I think about how well, in particular, you played in February. Like, I think about that Clippers game. I think about mm-hmm. the game in Miami against the Heat. 
like you were hitting a peak there as, as February flipped to March. And all of a sudden, as we well know, the, the season comes to just a grinding halt. You know, how right. have you been able to balance, you know, all your emotions where you were playing so well and then all of a sudden the season just is done just like that? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tough, but, you know, I'm just, you know, trying to stay ready uh, to, you know, live for moments like that. And um, so I'm just trying to focus on my game and continue to work and grow and do what I can to help uh, the team and myself, uh, you know, just continue to grow and get better. As you look at the totality of, of your first year with the Wolves, I mean, were you pretty satisfied? Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, I feel like I've grown a lot this year and, uh, you know, I'm looking to continue to grow, uh, hopefully with them, if not. Uh, with somebody um, but you know I'm gonna just like I like I do it all the time you know I just continue to work no matter what happens uh, I know as long as I put in some work uh, it'll, it'll show. Is the hope I mean correct me if I'm wrong I believe you will be a restricted free agent in October so the Wolves mm -hmm. still have some control I mean is your hope that that you find a way to be back here in Minnesota? Yeah definitely man I mean I, I love the city I love uh, the team the organization how they're doing things over here they're doing it the right way and uh I hope it's something that I could be a part of for sure. Was there any hope that, that with the recent transaction window that was open in late June, was there some hope that, that the Wolves would approach your representation and find a way to maybe, you know, extend you out beyond, you know, what takes place here in October with you reaching restricted free agency? Um, yeah, definitely. You know, uh, there's some things that they're still trying to figure out uh, money-wise for, you know, from a team standpoint. So, uh, once they're able to, you know, come to a conclusion on that, then hopefully they can uh, talk to um, me and my agent on going forward. Yeah, I mean, they're over the, the luxury tax by just a little bit. So that's probably it. But from what you can gather, I mean, do you get the sense that, that they would like you back? Yeah, definitely. We, I mean, we have, we've had talks together, uh, me, Gerson, uh, Ryan, uh, Coach Saunders. Um, it's been some really good talks, um, you know, with, um, you know, good for, uh, fortune in my favor. So, um, you know, we're just going to continue to, you know, wait and see what they can do uh, from the league standpoint and their standpoint on, uh, like you said, the luxury tax and see what happens. What do you now know about the NBA that you didn't know, say, this time last year? Um, it's a lot of games, <laughs> a lot of games, a lot of different cities, a lot of different time zones. And, um, you know, it's, it's a everybody in the NBA is pros for a reason, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough schedule and it's tough to do what, uh, every, what we all do day in and day out. So um, from that aspect, from that aspect, um, continuing to learn and grow and, you know, be ready to compete at a high level every single night, um, no matter where you are is, is pretty, pretty big. Did you have a welcome to the NBA moment? I mean, who knows? Maybe it took place on the practice court. Maybe it was during a game. Who knows? Maybe it was, early in the season, who knows, maybe you got switched out and you were guarding James Harden or something like that. Yeah. Was, was there any one moment in particular that jumps out to you where you said, okay, I've made it. This was my welcome to the NBA moment. <laughs> oh man. Uh, none that I could think of off the top of my head, but I mean, you know, last year, my, my first preseason game with Brooklyn uh, was pretty, was, was something special for me uh, being on that, uh, at that level at that stage um, being my first game out in, uh, in the Barclays arena, it was pretty nice. So I felt like that kind of, you know, gave me a warm up. And then, you know, going in into this year, we had a, a home game, uh, for our preseason game as well. So, um, that, and then, you know, just continuing to go from there. Um, you can't, can't be shy up in those moments and, you know, just trying to live for them. You talked about, you know, growing your game, taking a step, but even going back to your time, 
you know, with, with the Nets there in that preseason compared to, you know, this past year with, with the Wolves, how much did your game, I mean, you feel like you took one step and now there's more steps to take as, as you get more mature and get older? Yeah, there's definitely uh, more steps to take. Um, I mean, but so far, I like my progress and where I'm at. I'm going to continue to keep learning and growing. Uh, I've just gotten more comfortable uh, with the game and uh, with everybody that's that's around me on the floor. And the team and the organization has done a great job of, you know, giving me the confidence and the ability to go out there and show what I can do. So I'm um, thankful for them. thankful for my teammates to go out there and, you know, prove that I can show them what I can do. Why is Ryan Saunders' offense a good fit for your skill set? Uh, we like to play with pace. Um, it's a great pace for me, a uh, good advantage for me to use my speed and my quickness and uh, my basketball IQ to make the right reads and the right plays. And uh, we usually finish, um, you know, our offense has a lot of pick and rolls in it. And um, I'm pretty good in pick and roll situations and re making different reads out of that. So um, the offense is, is perfect for someone like me. Are you curious to see what takes place with – with the offseason, not only on your front, but, like, the Wolves have three draft picks. I mean, who knows? What if they end up number one and end up taking a point guard, like LaMelo Ball, right, where they right. could take somebody who plays your position? Are you curious yeah. to see what takes place with the roster come the offseason? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, whatever whatever they think uh, is the best move, that that's what they're going to do. So, um, I mean, roster spots change all the time throughout the NBA. Um, so, like I said, at the end of the day, you just got to become uh, – come ready to play and no matter where you at what time it is you got to just be ready to play no matter what the situation is what changed on your front when D'Angelo Russell joined the team um I mean nothing I, I mean I went to the training camp with him uh, last year in Brooklyn so we're kind of familiar with each other and uh the offense was pretty similar to Brooklyn so um he knew how to run the offense as well and uh you know whenever he had some questions he would ask me or whenever I had questions I would ask him and so, I mean, we work really well together, honestly. And, I mean, heck, would you like to see more opportunities to, to be on the floor with him where, where he can play off the ball so it could be the two of you in the backcourt together? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, throughout college, I ran a two-point guard system. So uh, I think that's really good. It allows for, you know, two uh, prime playmakers to go out there and make decisions for the team. And like you said, it allows for one uh, to get off the ball and, you know, look for the option of scoring, which uh, me and him, him and I can both do. And so um, if we're able to do that, it would be great. Jordan, where do you stand on the idea of, of an 18 bubble? Maybe, who knows, maybe in Chicago in September. Would, would you like to be part of that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very interesting, uh, but it's, it could be very beneficial for somebody like myself in the position that I'm in. And it could also be uh, detrimental to uh, some of the players that are, you know, uh, pretty much secured and, um, you know, trying to, you know, for God forbid, not get injured um, out there in Chicago playing. But, I mean, we all want to play. We all want to go out there and compete. Um, but I think uh, we got to figure out uh, the smart way to go about it and uh, making sure everybody's, you know, prepared and ready to go for next year as well. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Like, to me – I guess I would understand if, if something was mandatory, but does it make more sense just to have like a mandatory mini camp at Mayo Clinic Square versus hopping on an airplane, staying in a hotel, you know, then you've got the COVID-19 concerns. Then you're right. Somebody like you, restricted free agent, doesn't want to get hurt, right? Malik Beasley, restricted free agent, doesn't want to get hurt. You've got guys that are unrestricted free agents, right? They're, they're not going to want to play. So like, I just right. wonder if it makes sense just to have some sort of, mandatory minicamp just with your team with each individual team versus 
gathering in one central location. No, definitely. You're, you're, you're right on that. And I mean, I think that's the, the biggest um, problem that they have to face and think about uh, in making that decision to have the teams go out there and play in Chicago. Cause I'm pretty, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody would agree on, you know, doing a nice um, little mini camp uh, in the home market of the teams and just, you know, going out there and compete with some of your teammates. Where do you stand? I mean, as, as everything that took place, you were, I think, back in, in Southern California in late May. But when talking about the it was a murder, right, of, of George Floyd. And as we mm-hmm. start to have, you know, serious conversations, conversations that we should have had a long time ago on, on social injustice, on racism. I guess where just where do you stand on, on, on those topics? And, and, you know, as we look to start to enact change, change that should have happened a long time ago, I guess what? What can all of us do to to start to enact change? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's tough. Uh, it's crazy because it actually happened, I think, like a day or two when I got back out here uh, in Minnesota. And um, that night, I'm looking at everything on social media and seeing everything that has happened. And then next couple of days, you're seeing marches and protests outside the hotel window, and you can hear everything. And it's just crazy because, I mean, that's stuff that has been going on um, throughout you know, time and time again now. And so, um, I mean, the, the best thing we can all do is listen and uh, try and take action on on things we can do to, you know, try and, and fix this and put it in the eye of everybody and so that everybody can understand uh, what, you know, Black uh, male and female um, people have to go through, um, even, whether it's consciously or unconsciously. It's just, it's things that um, need to be put into perspective. I mean, is some of that perspective already taking place, at least within your organization i mean whether it's some of the zoom chats you guys have had some of the guests that have been brought in or even just conversations you've had with with teammates with coaches are some of those meaningful conversations already taking place oh yeah definitely i mean we've had several meetings where we've talked about uh different things like that um whether it be we brought uh just yesterday honestly we had uh the mayor uh, of minnesota and the chief police of mayor of minnesota in our uh zoom chat and it was very informative and different information and stuff that's going on right now and what we can do going forward. And so on top of that, I mean, Gerson and Ryan have called me on uh, different uh, separate occasions where they, you know, ask me how, how am I feeling? What can they do to help and stuff like that. So like I said, the Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves organization does everything with a high standard from top to bottom and they make sure they're taking care of everything. That's not just basketball. Yeah, I mean, I'm not positive every head coach in the league would make that phone call. I'm not quite positive every president of operations would make that phone call. So just right. how grateful are you that Ryan and Gerson are that receptive to, to everything going on? Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a tough call. But, I mean, it just it just shows how much class they have and, how much, and it shows how much they care. Um, like I said, that it's more than basketball. And so um, it, was, it was huge to hear from them um, from that call. What stood out from that Zoom yesterday with with the Minneapolis Police Chief, and it was it was Mayor Fry, Jacob Fry. Yeah, Mayor Fry was there, and uh, the Chief Police. Um, it was great. You know, we were just talking about different things we can do going forward. Um, you know, trying to do something where like we can open up the Target Center as a as a voting spot for people to go out and vote and stuff like that. So, I mean, it was very informative, and we talked about some things we can do going forward. And is that another thing? I mean, when you talk about just you know what can people do to to help. I mean, how about just being registered to vote? Right. Get out and vote, right? I mean, know the candidates, do your homework, and and vote accordingly, right? Yeah, definitely. No, nah, I mean, I used to be honest. I used to be a guy that was like, uh, my vote really doesn't uh, doesn't count. 
Um, but then, you know, as I started growing up and getting a little bit uh, more smarter, I would say, um, you know, figuring out stuff like that. And it, it definitely it definitely counts and it's definitely effective for you, everyone to, you know, at least be registered and then, you know, take their chance and go and vote. When you got back here in late May, did you have to quarantine for a certain period? I mean, you said you looked out your hotel room and uh, window and, and you saw you saw some marches taking place. I mean, but you had to quarantine, I think. Right. So like, was it hard? Like, was there a temptation to say, you know, let me go and, and hey, I want to be a part of what's taking place outside my window? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was definitely hard when I yeah when I got back out here, I had to quarantine for two weeks. I think I was on like maybe days, maybe halfway through it. I was about a weekend. And uh, everything had happened. They were protesting, and um, you know, some of the players and uh, coaches wanted me to go out there with them as well. And you know, it was one of those things where if I went uh, went out and court, uh, went out and protest, I would have to you know quarantine quarantine again for two more weeks. So um, it was kind of tough for me to you know have to you know sit out and not go out and protest, and you know at least be out there. Um, so it was it was tough for sure. And also tough. I mean, have you had a chance to, whether it was via text or just on, on a Zoom chat, or maybe it was a one-to-one -one chat with, with Carl Anthony Towns after, after his mom lost her battle with, with COVID-19? Have you had a chance to talk to Kat? Um, I mean, he, we've had a couple of Zoom, team Zoom calls and stuff like that. Um, you know, we're just, we're just trying to let him know that we're here for them, for him and his family. And, uh, you know, I shoot him a text every once in a while, you know, to check on him and ask him how he's doing and stuff like that. So, you know, just trying to be considerate and, you know, be there for him, but also, you know, give him a space. And is that one of those deals too, where that's where it becomes real? Like, for, I think for a lot of people, they're still having a hard time fully grasping COVID-19, right? Because, you know, they haven't been personally impacted, but when you know somebody so well that has been personally impacted, does it just make it that much more real? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it definitely puts it into perspective. You know, there's a lot of people out there that'll say like, oh, it's not real. I don't believe it. The numbers, you know, they just, they're not adding up. But um, when you know somebody that has been, you know, highly affected by by something, uh, by the virus, it, uh, it definitely hits home, especially, like you said, somebody's so close to you. And, you know, our, we, our organization is a family. So, you know, uh, him losing his mom is like, you know, we all lost a mom, honestly. Are you curious to see how the Orlando bubble operates to see if, if they can get through it without, I mean, presumably there's going to be some hiccups, but hopefully there's not a bunch of positive tests where they have to shut the thing down. Right. Yeah. And no, I mean, I mean, the biggest thing is trying to limit it. Um, like you said, there's going to be, you know, unfortunately there's going to be some cases here and there, but hopefully it's not too bad. Um, and they're able to, you know, have a successful uh, bubble and go on and finish, you know, the rest of the season. Jordan, always good to catch up. Enjoy your time here in the Twin Cities for the next handful of weeks. And then when you get back to Southern California, safe travels. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Wolves point guard Jordan McLaughlin. Two years ago, went to training camp, played in the preseason with the Brooklyn Nets, then ended up the entire season in the G League, ended up with the Wolves last summer, played Summer League, impressed them. Next thing you know, gets a two-way contract, ends up playing a bunch of games for the Wolves. He had a nice run in February, had that really good game at Target Center against the Clippers, had that really good game in Miami against the Heat. He looks like he's got a bright future, whether that's here or elsewhere remains to be seen, but the Wolves do control his rights. He is a restricted free agent come October. All right, let's wrap up Scoop Podcast episode 305 with my recent conversation. It was 
Again, all these days are blending together. It was Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon, I connected with Twins top prospect Alex Kirilov. He's part of the Twins 60-man roster, but he hasn't been training at Target Field. The Twins have an alternative site, CHS Field in downtown St. Paul, the home of the St. Paul Saints. So that's where Alex and a few other Twins prospects have been working out on a daily basis, each late morning into the afternoon. Here's my recent conversation with Alex Kirilov. Alex, we're now multiple days in to you, to other prospects, working out at CHS Field. I guess just take us through how the experience has been so far. From my point of view, it's it's been okay. Um, you know, they're taking a lot of precautions and everything to to minimize contact and to have us all distance. Um, you know, we're split up in, into smaller groups. Uh, our check-ins and, you know, activity times are all staggered. Um, so it's it's kind of planned out, you know, obviously with a lot of uh, things kept in mind. So I don't really have a problem um, with how things have been, you know, handled going uh, or are going so far. Um, so I guess the biggest thing is just to, you know, keep the number of cases down. And, um, you know, I think if we can do that, we have a shot at doing what everyone um, is hoping to be done. So we'll see what happens. You're right. I mean, knock on whatever. Thankfully, here in Minnesota, the numbers are are pretty low, and even the forecast moving forward for multiple months is is encouraging. Who who Alex is in your small group? Uh, my small group is uh, myself, Maggi, Tavar, and uh, Celestino. So okay, so it's just us four guys. Um, you know, usually if we lift, it's just two of us in the weight room. Uh, we stretch. You know, we're able to spread out on the field, um, not, you know, minimize contact that way. Obviously, same thing when we're hitting and um, they try to minimize um, the amount of time that you're in the locker room as well. Uh, basically, just change and get out. So, All right. So what's like what's a typical day like? Like we're talking here on on Wednesday afternoon. You're back in your hotel room. Like what? Take us through what today looked like from your standpoint. Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of similar to what we did in, in spring training as far as um, kind of like preparation leading up to games. Um, you know, this morning, we all had our staggered uh, check-in times. Like I said, you check in, you get your you, – you fill out a questionnaire every single day uh, asking about, you know, symptoms and uh, kind of like who you've been in contact with, stuff like that. Um, get your temperature checked. Um, I've already been tested twice for the virus. Uh, itself and then uh, just today it's just kind of like a normal routine but everyone has their own type of schedule um, you know cage work batting practice throw uh, along with defensive work and then you know lift three times a week so um, it's nothing crazy like it, it, it's similar like I said to what we would do leading up to you know, our spring training preparation for games but what about then when when you leave CHS field I mean is that where it's different? I mean, is it pretty much just right back to the hotel? I mean, are you even going out to eat or anything like that? Uh, no, well, they've had, um, they've accommodated us with food here, uh, catering. So they've been they're really good on that part. Uh, haven't had to leave for much, no. Is there any sense that you'll get a chance to head over to Target Field and maybe get some workouts in with, with some of those guys? I don't know. I think there were some guys that went over today. Um, I, I'd imagine they'd be pulling guys over for inner squads and stuff like that. I don't know if I'll get a chance to go over there or not, but um, 
I'm not sure what the deal is with how many games we're going to be able to play or, or what their plan is for that. Um, kind of just taking it one day at a time. Although, can you at least have the mindset that that so much can happen, heck, likely will happen, that even though you're not on the 40-man roster, that you need to have the mindset that, that you'll be playing big league games at some point this year? I mean, yeah, I think my mindset just should be to stay ready no matter what. You know, I don't know what's going to happen as far as injuries or positive tests or anything like that. Just basically just control, you know, myself and my preparation routine and try to, you know, tie up all the uh, loose ends on my part and be ready to play um, if I have to. Do you like where your swing's at right now? Yeah, no, I think I, I was fine. I was able to get out and, and get my work done. Um, over the last three months so I don't feel like I'm, I'm starting from ground zero or anything like that uh, I feel pretty happy with where I am right now were you able to face live pitching a few times yeah who in particular any names that that would jump out uh no not just some guys down in Florida all right but even here I mean in the last few days have you been able to see some live pitching at CHS not yet. I think we're getting ready to do that uh, starting tomorrow. Um, so it would probably be a pretty consistent schedule of that um, throughout the week and kind of progress into, um, you know, more pitches for the pitchers and more bats for the hitters as we go on. In a weird way, is this a good time in some ways that, that you have more time to work on, on certain aspects as opposed to, you know, game? Go to sleep, wake up, game. Go to sleep, wake up, game. Where, where you can focus on on your individual skill set, you know, and, and you know, cultivating some of your individual skills, maybe a little bit more than than a normal summer. Yeah, I think you can. We talked about that a little bit. Um, you know, obviously, as a competitor and everything, you always want to play as much as you can. But um, you know, this really does give you an opportunity to work on um, the smaller aspects of your game that you wouldn't. Um, be able to otherwise because you're you know everything you do all day during the season is basically in preparation for the game there might be some small stuff um, that you're able to work on with um, some coordinators and, and people that are in town um, but it's kind of minimal so this way I mean you know you're not really playing any games so you you have um, a greater amount of time to get that other work in what's it like just navigating just being isolated right I mean no wife you know I mean you can do chats like this you can see your your young child like this but the fact that presumably are they still in Florida and, and now you're up here yeah FaceTime helps a lot um, we're fortunate too she's going to be able to come uh, I just wanted to get settled in um, figure out where we're going to live and stuff like that and uh, she's going to be coming shortly um, but the hotel rooms that they've accommodated us with here are really nice. They're spacious hotel rooms. Um, so it's not like you feel really cramped up inside here. Uh, just been reading, uh, watching TV, Hulu, playing video games, keep myself busy. And uh, doing this as well, talking to people on the phone. Um, you know, there's always stuff to find to do. So I try to keep on, on that sort of thing. When will the missus come up and just how grateful are you that it will work out that that this separation from her, from your child, doesn't have to be for, for many months. Yeah, she's going to be able to get here this weekend. And uh, 
I'm super grateful because it's only been, you know, a week or so and I already miss her and the baby a lot. So it's, it's, uh, definitely grateful for, for them to be able to come up here and we'll, we'll figure it out. What positions have you been, have you been working out at? Uh, mainly left field, right field and first base. Okay. But all three, I mean, getting legitimate work in it, all three, just to be ready that, that if, if the big league club needs to call upon you, that, that you can play any of the three at the big league level. Yeah, no, I feel comfortable at all three. You know, I played first base a lot growing up. Um, I was, was happy to get some opportunity there last year and uh, a little bit this spring. And, um, you know, right field I've played probably the most uh, in professional baseball, but uh, I feel pretty comfortable in left as well. So I'm happy to play all three. I'm happy to do whatever I can to help the team. What's it like just right now, like normal circumstances, normal year, like I think maybe you'd be up in the majors right now, right? Like you're knocking on the door. Like, what's it like just navigating, just being on the doorstep of, of fulfilling your dream of playing big league baseball, you know, with it being so close, yet these trying times? And it's tough to process. I mean, you know, sure. I mean, we would probably be, you know, 80-something games in by now uh, in the season or so. I mean, in the minor leagues, probably a little bit less. But, you know, it's hard to say. This year, just a lot of things um, that were unprecedented happened. And you kind of just got to roll with the punches. And like I said, just kind of take it one step at a time. I'm happy to be here now. I'm happy to uh, be able to play baseball and work out with uh, some guys here at a beautiful facility and stuff like that. So um, just kind of count the small blessings as they come and uh, just keep working hard. Have you had a chance to, to catch up with Royce or see Royce in action? I mean, you know, from my standpoint, I think a lot of us in the media connect and fans too. You know, just with you two being, you know, any prospects list, one and two, two of the best prospects in all of Major League Baseball. And you guys have, you know, there, there's a bond there. Have you had a chance to, to at least see him in person or at least catch up with him via Zoom or FaceTime? Yeah, I've seen her at the field uh, pretty much every day. Um, Royce looks good. He's got a gym in his garage now. So uh, he came back looking strong and, and ready to go. Um, He's got a lot of pop and BP. He's been putting some balls over the batter's eye and, you know, up on the left field porch. So uh, I'm excited for him to hopefully get a chance and, um, you know, if not that, at least be around him every day and uh, try to make each other better and uh, stuff like that. So, How about you? I mean, that porch in, in right is, is certainly reachable. Have you put a few balls over, over that porch? Yeah, I think a few have gone over so far. <laughs> I think we've only hit uh, – two or three times on the field. I think today was our third day. Um, so, yeah, a few have uh, have taken flight. I'll leave you after this. Who else has caught your eye? I mean, you touched Royce, you know, hitting the ball over, over the batter's eye and what have you. Any other guys jump out to you? There's just a lot of talent here in general, honestly. Um, you know, I think what's cool about this group is that um, there's so many guys, I think, that are here and can contribute to uh, the big league team. And, um, you know, that – probably and very well may uh, could be the case. So I'm excited to see how it all plays out. Twins top prospect Alex Kirilov. Us in the media should have a chance to watch some of these Twins top prospects at some point in the next week, weekish, week and a half, two weeks, at least go get some video, then do some Zoom interviews. But you, the fan, actually can go watch these guys work out 
the next couple days, the St. Paul Saints at THS Field have that pop-up cafe. Go have lunch, sit up there, and you can watch. Like, I know they're doing it, like, Saturday, late morning, early afternoon, Sunday. Late morning, early afternoon, I believe Sunday is the last day. But, yeah, you, the fan, can go watch these guys before we in the media can. So if you're looking for something to do this weekend, my friends at the Saints offer that opportunity. All right, enjoy the weekend. Speaking of the weekend, stay safe. Stay sane. This has been Scoop Podcast Episode 305. We are done.